Good morning, Chicago. Just after 6 a.m., and you know what that means. It is time for Lou Manfredini and House Smarts Radio. Broadcasting live from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studio, Lou's got a great show coming up, and it all starts with you. He'll be taking calls all morning long, answering your questions about your house. This hour of House Smarts Radio is sponsored by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Lou and House Smarts Radio right here on 720 WGN. Good morning, House Smarts Radio. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. That little giggle you heard was uh, Lindsay, the producer. Good morning to you. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm sorry. She's fumbling with her microphone this morning yes i'm great, You're great. i am never better never better uh annie mazer is uh doing sports all the time 24 7 morning yeah. noon and night mm-hmm. uh, doing the <laughs> northwestern pregame this morning yes yes why not i'm here that's Me right as well right now it's funny that uh today i mean i don't think the audience obviously this is radio you can't see but you've got a shillelagh Yes. And uh, you've uh, dyed your hair red. You're kind of looking like the <laughs> don't the forget Notre about my Dame. green derby, my green derby hat, <laughs> your green derby hat. And then uh, a nice good morning to Steve Ruxton. We've never uh, worked together this morning, Steve. I'm a I'm a fan of your work. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, I'm a fan of you too. And you like that Hollow Notes album, which I will tell you, I wore out in college. I love that thing. It's a good album. That's it really a good is album. Yeah, yep. well, now we're showing our age there, Steve. So well, now they, they, they've been on tour for like 50 years. Right? It's crazy. It is. Yeah. I saw them in 2017 with Tears for Fears. No way. Oh, it was awesome. Was it? Oh, it was great. Oh, my God. I used to love Tears for Fears. That guy had such a voice. Oh, on, yeah. Uh, that lead singer. I mean, Daryl Hall has an unbelievable and voice. Still does. I was on. I was on a plane. Here's my Hall & Oates story for you. I was on a plane coming back from somewhere. And uh, it was an American Airlines flight. And you know that first row, the bulkhead row, when you go from first class to uh, coach? Mm-hmm. Sure. I was walking back, and in the first bulkhead row was John Oates in the center seat. This is probably only about six or seven years ago. And w- what I assumed was his wife and his child. Huh. Just sitting there. I'm like... You're John Oates. Shouldn't you be sitting up front? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Right? <laughs> He's a low profile. Yeah, yeah. Did you get and, an and autograph? I Well, you know what? I'm not, Steve. I, I I have only once in my life asked someone for an autograph. And I, and I was I've happy always, to give it to you. <laughs> and Andy refused. And they go, Andy, come on. Andy's like, come on, knock it off. Come on. And, and uh, so... I uh, I always have never wanted to bother any kind of celebrity like that. Yeah. So I just figured, you know, they're people, whatever. He's sitting there with his family. Oh, man, I love your music. And I mean, it's true. He's like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Leave me alone. Leave well, me alone. So who did you ask for the autograph? Well, I will tell you, this is a very good story. Uh, Commander Lovell. Oh, uh, nice. was Jim the, Lovell. Jim Lovell. Who is the uh, was the commander of many missions to space, but uh, most notably, we know uh, Apollo thirteen right. was the commander, and so uh, through the uh, an unbelievable um, amount of fortune, I have a friend of mine, Mary, who has been Commander Lovell's assistant for over forty years. Huh. Okay, and a number of years ago. 
there was a screening of the movie Apollo 13. This is well after the movie came out. It was at the IMAX Theater at Navy Pier. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. And we went to this private screening. There There were, you know, probably a couple hundred people at this thing, but we got invited. And Commander Lovell came out and did an introduction of the movie, okay? So then you watch the movie, right, which I had seen several times before. And then at the end, he came back out again, and I was like, man, that is a real, like, true American hero right there. And we had gotten these cards, you know, and then he had a little meet and greet, and I had never met the commander before. And there he was, he was just a lovely, very personable, you know, warm person, and we're talking, and, you know, I, I literally was, you know, just almost starstruck. St- and I'm just like, going to say, it's starstruck. Commander, could you sign this? And then he signed it, and I still have it. That's pretty cool. cool. Wow. The only person ever. And uh, I thought that would be, you know, that was neat. It was really neat. So that was it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, well, nice to have you all with us, Andy. Looking forward to your pregame with Northwestern. That should be a fun game for those kids. And uh, um, uh, Dave Ennett will have the call uh, coming up a little bit later on this morning. Andy will have the pregame at 10 o'clock this morning. I would like to take your phone calls this morning. What do you have going on uh, around your home that you need some help with? All you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call, 857-5574, Lou, 857-557-4568. As I've been mentioning to you, the Misericordia Family Fest is coming back, and it's going to be on September 11th. And uh, a little bit later on this morning, we're going to talk with uh, Julie O'Sullivan, who is charged with putting the whole thing together and uh, give us the kind of the 411 of what's happening. One thing that she did mention to me earlier was the fact that they are in need of volunteers. And I know for many of you, you have children or grandkids that are in school and they've got to get their uh, service hours. This is a great way to get service hours. And if it's something that they would like to participate in, to volunteer for the event that will be happening September 11th uh, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. All they have to do is call 773-273-4160 or go to misericordia.com. There will be information uh, on the website as well as how they can do that. Or if you're just a person and you want to help out and, uh, you know, you could help with children's games, you could help with uh, the, you know, security of the getting people to and from where they have to go with all the silent auctions and the bands and music and the entertainment, the food and the drink, the booths, everything, you name it. You can go to misericordia.com and learn more as well. We would love to have your participation in this event, which is going to be happening September 11th on the campus of Misericordia. There's free parking across the street and shuttle buses at SNC Electric, so super easy to get there and get around and uh, I look forward to seeing you there. I will be there as well. I kind of put um, I put uh, uh, Robin Baumgartner on the on the spot, Lindsay. I don't know if you saw, but I when I was doing my segment on Friday, I asked the people at WGN TV to um, put up the thing about the Misericordia event. And so sure. I said, "Hey, Robin," I go, "You know, I normally get to do the auction with another great friend uh, of Misericordia, Lynn Bramer." Mm-hmm. who is on uh, WXRT. Lynn, uh, unfortunately, won't be able to attend this year. And um, so I said, Robin, why don't you come and help me be the auctioneer? And, you know, oh. she's newly engaged. Yeah, She has this uh, new 
fiance that no one's really met. I could be, it could be like his quinceañera, his coming out, right? Isn't that what a quinceañera is? <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Right? When they come out, like here I am, you know, I've never met him. I, I go, just give me one hour. I'll be, you'll be like Sinatra. I'll have the band warmed up, show up. You do, you see your adoring fans. And the whole time I'm telling her, she's like, oh, your, your signal's breaking up. I can't hear you. So. <laughs> I'm sure she loved uh-huh. loved you. Putting her on the spot on GNTV. So I'm going to put her on, on the your... spot here on WGN Radio, too. So anyway, it's funny. Stepping I did on your foot under the camera. Yeah, Stepping I did send her a text message kind of with all the details, and huh. she hasn't responded yet. <laughs> 857-557-4LOU. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio, 620 in the morning. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Um, I have the <laughs> my water main is leaking, and um, it's an eighty-year-old home. It's lead service. It's been leaking for years. Oh gosh! But uh, a recent plumber who's going to put in some faucets wouldn't even shut it off. He said that's got to be repaired, and so they went out. I guess it's called the B box to shut it off. Uh, shut the main water supply off, okay. and that is not working right. I think I just need some education on what's all going to happen okay. in the coming week. Okay. Um, now, you're, so do you, you obviously do not have a main water valve in the home? I do, but it's leaking. Oh, that's, that's leaking, or the water heater is leaking? No, the, the main shutoff valve Got is it. leaking. Okay. All right. So that B box outside is, you know, what it basically stands for a buffalo box. I'm not quite sure why it's called a buffalo box, honestly. Um, but that is typically now in, in, I don't know about this in Western Springs, but in Chicago, the B box belongs to the city water department. Okay. And so the city of Chicago. I'm sure this is how it is in Western Springs, too. They are responsible for delivering the water to that valve out in the street, and the valve belongs to them. Okay? No, we've had the the village out. It's our responsibility. All right, so then that's different. So Mm -hmm. um, Western Springs, darn you, Western Springs. Anyway, (laughs) so now if that... No, it's a great place. I know, I'm just kidding. But the problem is, if that's your responsibility, sadly, Kay, what has to happen is they have to dig up that um, parkway or wherever the buffalo box is, right? expose right. the piping, and honestly, not knowing how the system is set up there, if they cut that out, uh, you know, I think that they're going to have to temporarily stop the water, which they may have a a means to do that to then be able to replace the valve and then reconnect it to your home. Okay. So then they will be able to shut the water off from the street and then replace your main water valve. Okay. Um, is this, this is lead service. Is this, are they, it's an 80 year old home. Mm. Do you, is there going to be a big problem in replacing that valve? I, is this something easy? I had a plumber some years back tell me, just let it leak. Well, that didn't seem like a good idea. So no, so, to do something. But. Okay, so there's a, there's a couple things here, and this is just more of a 
lead water pipes is a it's kind of a red flag for when you go to sell your place okay mm-hmm. and so someone some young couple that's going to be like i want to live in western springs like k and uh, they're going to come in and say it's a lovely home and it's near all these schools and da 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 but boy that lead water service that's a problem and they're going to want either a credit for that or they're going to want you to replace it with copper now the fact that you're going to have to replace this buffalo box I don't know what your plan is or your budget and things like that. If your Mm -hmm. budget allows, quite frankly, I would replace the entire service to the home. Okay. And because we're going to, you know, it's all about the digging, okay? And they're going to dig down and they're going to expose this box. I'm assuming that what Western Springs delivers to you is not lead. I don't know. I, I don't know that. Do you? Yeah. Uh, well, we get a water report annually, and it's excellent. Okay. So um, the lead pipe thing will be an issue someday when you go to sell. Now, you can not do it and just replace the valve and be done with it and then know that, you know, I'm going to just make a number up that someone's going to say, okay, Kay, you want X for your home. I'm going to give you $10,000 less because I need to do this service. Um, all right, but, um, I'm, how do they replace the B box? I'm, I'm, is this going to be, how big a deal is this? (laughs) I mean, if if that's all they do. How big of a deal? I mean, they're going to come with a machine more than likely. Uh, I'm assuming that the B box is in the, is in the parkway. Yes, it is. So they're going to dig a four foot hole and they're going to find the box, you know, where it's at and they're going to dig it all out. Mm -hmm. And the plumber is going to be able to, they may replace it, what's called hot, with the water running, like real quickly. And it's, you know, they're in boots and they get wet a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or there may Mm -hmm. be a way for Western Springs to cut off the water just to temporarily to that feed so that they can do their work. It'll all be done within the guise of the villages. You know, they need permits and they all need to know what's happening, you know, if in fact they have to shut that water off. And then they'll replace mm-hmm. that box, reconnect it, put the dirt back in. Then when the, And then probably at the same time, they'll replace the valve inside the home. So in theory, yes, the yes. two valves could be done in a day. Okay. And um, when you wouldn't leave it leaking. It's been leaking on and off for years. You wouldn't leave that leaking. I, I'm sort of playing with fire here aren't i you're playing I you're, you're not only playing with, you're not only playing with fire but you're you're wasting a precious resource right oh well it's i mean it's just dripping it's you know it's not it's not well, big it's but it's the, drips, at the end but, of, at the end of the year that's a lot of drips so it would not yeah. be i would not let it you're either going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later it depends on what your plan is if you're going to sell the house in six months then let it leak and know you're going to get you're going to lose x amount of dollars because they're going to want to replace the service. If your plan, God willing, is to be there another ten years, then I would fix it. Okay. Um, what are the odds of it? Yeah, it's been leaking for some years. It's an eighty-year-old home. The original piping and everything. What are the odds of that like rupturing and flooding the I basement? Mean, <laughs> it, it certainly is a possibility. I'm not an odds maker. I uh, mean. Here's the thing, Kay. I I have made a living of doing things the right way. So if it were me, 
I would I would get it fixed and and go that route. I apologize. I I need to put you on hold because uh, I'm bumping up against news. Well, at least you know I've never worked with Steve Ruxton, and now he knows what it's like working with me. He's like, yeah. well, I never have to be on time with news. Sorry. Steve, I'm sorry about that. It's 6, 6.32 in the morning. It's time now for W. Oh, by the way, that was our first caller. I need to tell you this, which is sponsored by our friends over at bathfitter.com forward slash Lou. Bathfitter.com forward slash Lou. Right now, it's time for WGN Radio News. They're just super comfortable, and they look nice. You know, they look like slacks, and they're very comfortable, And uh, but they look like... Um, do they sell khakis or chinos? Do they call them chinos? Yeah. How many bullets left in this gun, Chino? Enough for Jew and Jew and Jew? Right? That's from the West Side Story. Anyway, but I put on a pair of jeans the other day, and they were, they're were they still loose. Oh, good. That's a really good feeling. That right? is a great feeling. I'm like, wow, I haven't put jeans on a long time. I'm like, wow, I need a belt. Right? That's good. Great feeling. Thanks, Seattle. 857-557-4LU, 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines now. This is Rita in Harwood Heights. Hi, Rita. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hi. I have an old house. My house was built before O'Hare Airport, and um, I got excited. But I was listening and half awake and half asleep one day. I think it was a couple months ago, and you were talking about how you can do some uh, kind of outside periphery work uh, under the siding, at the edge of the siding for insulation, because my my house is ice cold in the winter. Mm. And I know that the wind is coming up through the walls. I see. And um, you, gave, you said there was some company that um, did that kind of work where they could do something around the periphery underneath the, the uh, siding. Um. I'm trying to remember um, what kind of advice I would have given on that. What I'm, where my mind is going, I remember someone saying that the the their bottom couple of courses of siding were in bad shape, and I had, I think I had suggested that they could take those off and put a piece of new trim, kind of to change the look architecturally of the home. But then it would be an opportunity to do some ceiling between the foundation wall and the wall of the you know where the wall sits on top of the foundation that that may have been what i was speaking of the other thing is um you know if your your home is older and you've got a lot of air leaks many times that if you did a bunch if you and i'm just saying this as a an idea but if you got a couple of tubes of clear caulking and you caulked your base trim to the floor and the base trim to the wall, and you caulked around all the windows, the trim and everything like that, and put insulation uh, pads underneath the electrical outlet covers on the outside Mm -hmm. walls, you can make a remarkable difference in the draftiness of a home. Now, Yeah, I've done that. You've done all um, this. I mean, I when I put my fingers up there underneath, I can feel the insulation. Oh, it's not very much insulation, right? But um, right, there's there's some there. And I thought that you had talked about somebody being available to come and put like a 
some kind of a trim around the all around the periphery of the house yeah. where where that that, know, that doesn't ring edges. a bell that doesn't ring a bell i don't i mean you know there are insulation companies there are siding companies that can come and and they can take stuff off and add insulation but i mean there's nobody that specializes in that kind of work um it would be you know, it would be a, kind of a, a, an exterior company that you could contact, but they may say, well, you know, your siding, Rita, is so old that, you know, this might not make a huge difference. And, I mean, certainly... The siding isn't old. I, I, I just had it sited about four or five years ago. Okay. I mean, and that company, when they put the siding on, didn't do a good job of sealing up the where those connection no. points are? No, no, no. I, I think I got the wrong kind of company. Okay. Um, I don't have a, a recommendation of someone that specifically does what you're describing. Um, there is, well, so there is this, I don't know that this is right for you, but it might be. Um, you know, there is this company called Sealed that has been running this promotion where they come out after you do this online analysis of your home and their whole thing is they'll come out and weather seal your home. They'll actually upgrade your HVAC system and get your home to be more energy efficient. And the, their idea is that they'll do all the work. They pay for it up front and then you pay them the difference in the money that you're saving on your energy bill. Maybe that's what you were listening to. And they'll work with the contractors to come and do all this work. The company is called Sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, Sealed. And if you go to sealed.com, it, it, I don't have a computer or anything. Okay, well, that that company is all online if that's what you're looking for. But uh, I, I don't have a, a specific recommendation. I mean, a handyman service might be able to help you with this kind of work because it's it's not really a a specialty. It's just labor intensive. And if you wanted to try a handyman service, I have been mentioning that Ace Hardware now has a national handyman service, and they have. Uh, contractors that they work with that they own these companies in um in the uh, chicagoland area and if you went to your local ace hardware store and asked them about the handyman service i'm not certain that they work in harwood heights but you could certainly ask it's you know it's slowly rolling out and they're filling in community by community and at least what's nice about that is you've got a big company like ace hardware behind it and the contractors are working for Ace Hardware Corporation and could do that work for you. I appreciate your phone call and good luck with that project. It's 646 in the morning. You're listening to House Marts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. How you doing? Good. Who's that in the background? That's Misty, our 14-year-old uh, Labrador. Cujo. Morning walk. Sounds like Cujo. Letting, letting the neighborhood know she's here. Here I am. Hey, everybody, I'm out here. <laughs> 6.50 in the morning. I'm going to go pee soon. I just want everybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's meeting some of her dog friends. Oh, my God. 14-year-old 14, 14 Labrador Retriever. 
Yeah. Is she yeah, is she what black, black lab? Black lab. She she's, got a uh, little great, yeah, little great. On her last leg, oh, but, uh, she's hanging tough. She's God, taking a walk in the morning every morning. God bless her. That, that those are beautiful dogs and just yes, the kindest, is. most wonderful family dog. Smart. Smart, smart, smart. Good for her. Yes. Good for her. Well, how can I help you? Uh, we did a bathroom remodel upstairs, and actually I violated one of my rules of doing it myself. I had somebody come in and do it. Um, they tore out an old fiberglass uh, shower yep. and put in a tile, a little bit bigger. And, you know, the the floor, I guess there's lots of different ways to build a shower floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he you know, I had a plywood base, uh Poured, uh, you know, put some kind of a, a rubberized membrane down, uh, poured concrete in to actually make the base, um, and then put the tile down. But now we're struggling with puddles in the shower, you know, because he didn't do a real good job with the slant. And I'm wondering if I have to tear that whole thing out in the bottom, and this I will do, um, I think, and uh, or go over the top, you know, put a kind of a skim coat of something, 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 and then run a new set of tile over the top that, of course, has the right pitch on it to carry the water, all the water, to the drain. What is the tile on the floor? Um, you know, it's it's just a mosaic. Okay, so uh, it's know, a mosaic, yeah. like an unglazed porcelain tile? Right, exactly. Okay. Um, how, many, how many areas are you puddling? Three of the four corners. Oh. How about instead of, how about before you, do you have any, Well, so you have the ability to get more mosaic, right? Right, exactly. All right. How about you take a multi-tool and you carve out those four corners and take mm-hmm. the take the tile up. Okay. Then put your skim coat on there and lift it up a little bit, and get the pitch right, and put the new tile back in and regrout it. Then, okay. Then you're not messing with the drain. I'm assuming it's not leaking or anything, right? Because no. if, you, if you're going to put the tile over the top, I'm not a huge fan of that. You could do it with the unglazed porcelain, but but you know you'd have to loosen up that drain and come up that other, you know, Ultimately, probably right. almost three eighths of an inch by the time you put new thin set down. If it were me, I'd take a multi tool with the right blade, cut out those corners a little bit bigger. You know, so once you determine where it's not, um, you know where it's not before you cut it up. Right, take a straight edge and go on the top of that floor on the straight edge, and then hold it so you can make a marking on the wall. Right? Right. And, and that's what you're going to bring those corners up to. Because once you okay. take up the tile, you know, that put it like with a little magic marker or something so that it, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. And then when you bring sure. the tile up to it, you'll cover it and you caulk it and be done. And I would just, that's how I would fix it if it were me. Okay. So right. build up the corners that are puddling. Correct, and just carefully cut that out, and um, you know the multi tool. Not only will you, you know you'll get the first few out, and then you can go underneath it like a duck bill and grind it out with the right thing, and then put a little. Did you remember? So then I would probably build it up with a little thin set, right, right. to get a nice smooth, and then you're gonna then you're gonna use more thin set with a notched trowel, you know, to give you the 
the anchoring, set your mosaic right. in there, regrout it. Uh, the, the fact that it's fairly new, the grout should match, you know, pretty yeah. easy, pretty good, and go there. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. I will try it. Yeah, all right. Well, good luck. Good luck to Misty, too. Glad she's doing well. Keep her walking. It's good for me, too. That is good for you, too. All right, keep walking. That's true. I took Flo to the uh, vet. You know, she's uh, she had to have her annual uh, Flo is our little... The dog that I won't say on the air. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> she's like a cat, right? She doesn't pay any attention to anybody. But so she's like, well, you know, she's gonna, she's eight years old. She's a senior now. And so they had to do all this blood work. And she was very angry. You know, she was getting poked and prodded. And she looked at me like, what are you doing to me? And now evidently she needs some dental work, whatever. So then we get done with the appointment. And this lady comes in. Yeah, we tried to get a urine sample, but, you know, she wouldn't pee for us. So we're going to need a urine sample. And I'm going, well, how am I doing that? You know? And they're like, well, we got this Petri dish, you know, this little plastic dish. And if you can, like, put it underneath her when she goes to the bed. Now, she's a little dog, right? And she's, it's not that she's shy, but if you're watching her, there's no way she's going to do it. Like, when you're telling her to, like, go do her business, whatever. So this lady goes, well, I'll walk you out to the car, and maybe she'll go while we're walking to the car. I'm going, lady, this dog is not going. I know this dog. We walk outside, and she's sniffing around, you know. And I go, you know, the thing with Flo, when she goes, it's like quick. Like, all of a sudden, you know you, you know your, you know your dog, right? You know your dog when your dog's getting ready to do their business. And, sure. and, I, and I'm going, if it happens, it's like, it, it's, it's quick. And she's so little that when she squats down, she's right. on the ground. Yeah. And so here's this lady, and she's got this little plastic thing in her hand and a rubber glove. She's like, come on, Flo. And she's like right behind her. I'm going, she's never going to go to the bathroom. She's never going to. And lo and behold, I don't know what Dr. Doolittle thing she had going. Flo squats down. This lady right away shoves the plastic thing underneath there and pulls it up. All right, we're good. I'm going, that's amazing. I was like, I'm completely amazed that she got the sample. I I mean, I should have tipped the woman because that would have been me. Could you imagine? (laughs) Hey, did you see I was driving by? Lou Manfredini was shoving something up his dog's rear end trying to get a pee sample. Right? She Look at the embarrassment that that lady saved me. Breaking news. Oh, my God. The Breaking look news the would be like on Twitter. Right? Yeah. There he is. Do, be everywhere. Do you mind? Get your... You're famous. Yeah, right. 6.57 in the morning. Lou Manfredini, House Smarts Radio. We'll take a quick break and be right back. No. What? Steve, no, no, I can't even put one foot in front of the oh, front no, of the no. other. I and tried golfing a, once and almost killed somebody. Well, I, I know the answer to this because I know you don't play golf. I'm not. Maybe trying I picked to... it up. Lindsay, do you play golf? No, but I could. <laughs> How about you, Lou? No. The reason I bring that up is that I play. Yes. Andy, do you get to play? Yeah, once in a while. I haven't played much this year. No. No. Like what does that mean? Not much. Like I played one. Times? I played one round this year. That's it. Wow. Right. Only busy. One. Yep. Yeah, well, I played one round once a year, once a year because we're participating in this fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Friend of yes. mine uh, helps support this uh, uh, organization called One World Surgery, and it's a surgery center that was built in uh, in Honduras in uh, at an orphanage, and uh, all these doctors, orthopedic surgeons, go down there and perform like. Just this past year, they did like 1,700 surgeries, wow. all for free for nice. all these underprivileged. It's wonderful. So anyway, it's my wife and I have been supporting this uh, fundraiser for many, many years. And it's always like, oh, you know, you 
Thank you for your donation. You can bring a couple foursomes. And for the for the past few years, I have, um, you know, I'll, I'll ask people to go. And then the people that play golf, go play golf, have a great time. I'll come meet you at the dinner, right? <laughs> so I, but then the past couple of years I've gone. And so part of the problem is, A, I don't play golf. And B, I'm a lefty. Me too. Oh, see, I knew there was a reason. Oh, yeah, candy. me too. So I have all these clubs, these hand-me-down clubs that people have given me. Mine are Ben Hogan. Nice. <laughs> Persimmon. Back a little bit. Are the woods Persimmon. actually wood? Yeah. <laughs> woods. Nice. It doesn't matter what. You know, it's like, oh, you should really get a new club. And I was golfing with some friends of mine who play golf. And this one friend of mine has this club, some driver. I go, how much is a driver like that? He goes, $600. Easily. I go, wow. $600. Yeah, oh, you'd really, you would, there was one tee shot that I did, Andy, that mm-hmm. put it on the, you know, on the little thing, the <laughs> tee. Put on the tee. And uh, I swung at it, and it literally went an inch and a quarter, and I buried it in the ground. Nice. <laughs> now, if there was a shortest tee shot, I would have won. That's yes, worse than me. Right? Yes, you would have. And um, my friends kept saying, why don't you try this? Nothing. Why don't you try this? Nothing. And then they just said, why don't you just keep driving the cart? Mm-hmm. And I did. And it was very fun. You and, need to uh, upgrade was, to those Jack Nicholas clubs. I'm an excellent driver. <laughs> I'm like Rain Man. That's the best part. I'm an excellent driver. Yeah, you know, it's not a sport that you can go and play once a year. No. You've got to play and you got to practice, no. otherwise you're going to be in a world of hurt. But may I suggest, we played, uh, they they rented out the course, the public course at Cantini. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. played out there before. Which nice. is a lovely, lovely course. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful and so well-maintained. We, years ago, used to do stuff. WGN used yeah, to do stuff. Yeah, we used to have a golf out there. All the time. Yeah. yeah, and it was really, really nice. And so if you're a golfer and you've never uh, golfed at Cantini, the staff there couldn't have been uh, more accommodating and nice and lovely, and I, I really did a good job of replacing my divots. Well, that's important. Which I did a lot. Yeah. That, that's a nice track. You got to keep it nice. To... Like, let's go, let's go. No, 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 I got to do that. This at least I know how to do. And so I, I was very good about that. They don't even know where I was. Well, good. You covered your tracks. Yeah, nice. I, I worked here a number of years ago, and the I think the second shift on the air, I pronounced it Cantigny. Oh, yeah. I was quickly pulled aside. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, right, right. Yeah, they were like, do Where that you again, and you're gone. Cantigny with a G. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, the G throws you for sure. So anyway, my golfing days are far and few. The G is for golf. Right. Good. Nice, Andy. There you go. Save some of that stuff. You got the pregame coming up. Yeah, eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines now. Uh, this is Denise, who's calling in from North Lake. Hi, Denise. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hi, Mister Lou. I'm glad to speak to you. Um, my question is: I'm working on this old chair. It's about a hundred years old. It's metal. The metal is very thin in the seating area. Is there something I could apply to it to strengthen it? Is it like an expanded metal type of thing where it's open? Yes. It, it Excuse me. It's a starburst chair. And that, like I said, the oh. seating area, there was a lot of rust. So it's just very thin. So I didn't know if I could put something like a coating on it. To thin like it. When, you, when you're sitting on it, you feel it in your bottom? Well, you could feel it in your hand, too, how thin the metal is. 
and it looks like a starburst. Yeah, it's um, that was the design of the chair, like a sunburst. It has rays, so there's some openings on the chair itself, on the bottom seating area. Are the are the is the chair is the, are there portions of it where it's wider metal, like going all the way around? Yes. Okay. How about this idea? We're going to flip the chair over. Okay. And you're going to clean the bottom of that metal to get it really smooth and clean with no rust whatsoever. And what would I use to remove the rust? Like a sand, like a sanding sponge. Okay. Okay. Now, you're going to go to the hard you're going to measure the length of this area where, this is what I want you to get. I want you to get either a thin piece of angle iron metal, okay? So it's okay. like a half inch by half inch, and have them either the hardware store or you, you're going to cut little pieces that are going to fit from one end to the other under this chair. I'm following you. You're going to buy some metal epoxy. Okay. Um, there's a couple of different companies that make these. Uh, uh, actually, um, JB Weld makes yes. makes these epoxies that look like a syringe, but there's two vials that when you squeeze it, it mixes the two um materials together and you'll okay you'll squirt that on like a paper plate and you'll mix it with a little uh stick yeah then, then you're going to coat the bottom of this metal and you're going to clamp it to the bottom of the chair and you're going to let it you're going to do that in all the areas you can to create okay. almost like a truss system so that you won't see it it'll be small enough that you won't see it but it'll firm up the seat of the chair and okay. when you're sitting on it, you're gonna you need to let that epoxy dry for like 24 hours. The key sure. is getting enough epoxy on it and clamping it. The clamping okay. is the key. Could I coat the metal with the JB to strengthen? It will do nothing. It'll do nothing. No. Without the bracing. The bracing. Okay. The bracing is everything. There's no coating like a anything like that. Like a polyurethane no. spray on type thing. No. 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 Okay. I knew you would know the answer, Mr. Lou. Thank you for your help. You got it. I appreciate your call this morning. 857-557-4LOU. Janet and Algonquin, hang on a second. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Uh, Let's get back to your phone calls at 857-557-4LOU. This is Janet in Algonquin. Hi, Janet. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I, I'm I'm selling my house in Algonquin, Illinois, and I need to mitigate the radon. It is um, I called a company, a mitigation company. They told me that the crawl space is too small. They said it was about 12 inches, and it needs to be a minimum of 18, and that I need to have it excavated prior to any you know mitigation of the radon. So. Two questions. I only got one opinion so far. Mm. So I have two, two questions. 
One is um, if I need an excavation, who does that? And um, the second, are there other ways to take care of that issue? So the first company that you spoke with was going to put in a, a, a fan evacuation for the mitigation? Is that what they were going to do? They didn't tell me what they were going to do. They they just, you know, they came out, they looked at it, and they called me and said, your crawl space is too small. Uh, you need to have that made larger so that we can do our job. Hmm. Um. Well, you know, the 12 inches, I can see that. So typically what happens with with uh, with a radon mitigation system, if they're going to put in a fan, they're going to have to get in there to seal up around the perimeter of the foundation and, you know, where the foundation meets what's called a rim joist. And then they typically put a, a pipe with a fan. You see this a lot in homes where you've got this large typically three to four inch pipe coming up the side of the home that is evacuating the air from that space to, you know, lower the radon levels in the home above. So the 12 inches to 18, you know, doesn't, you know, that sounds about right, you know, for just for someone to physically be able to get in there. It's just, you know, 12 inches is not much. Um, but I would, but I would also get a couple of other, I would also get a couple of other uh, quotes on this to see what they do. Many times, it's the mitigation company that will do this as well as part of their service, right? I mean, because there isn't anybody that's going to come do that without it. It's not going to be an inexpensive proposition because it's literally pulling it with you know rakes and shovels out to whatever how do you access your call space now is there like a door on the outside no you know what i never went into it and uh, <laughs> the entry and is a is a square cut out of the floor underneath the refrigerator oh yeah so i mean it's it's you know what's interesting is we in all the years that um i've been on wg and radio we've never had a sponsor that does radon mitigation you know, which I think would be a it, it perhaps is a uh, something to be said about the the demand that you know the people to do that work are so busy already they don't need to advertise their services. But um, right. I don't have a specific recommendation for you that does this work. You know, and so that is uh, that is uh, an issue for me. I, I don't have anybody that I can give you. The only suggestion that i i could make would be um the national association of the remodeling industry org, and if you go to that website under radon you may find members there that you contact um but if you're gonna i mean so you know if you're gonna sell radon's a funny it's a it is a serious issue there's no question but it is also the type of thing that you know Many times there are repairs you could make to the house where you just say, ah, I'm just going to give you a credit and that's it. But with radon, most buyers want you to handle that and be done with it and know that it's been mitigated and you hand them the report and say, here you go, it's all done. So unfortunately, it's the type of thing that you're probably going to have to do before you put the thing on the market. Okay, so if I do have to, you know, if, if the end result is I have to have this excavated can you make a recommendation there? 
No, because I, I, I don't, I think that, I think that the radon mitigator that you hire should be doing that work. Okay. That's not a, I mean, that's not even a thing that like Permaseal, who does everything below grade, that's not something they're going to help you with. Um, cause okay. it's just not, you know, it's not a, it's not a means to their, you know, kind of their path of the kind of work that they do. So a radon right. mitigating company that is, you know, that is full service should offer that service to you as well. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And, um, I listen to you every Saturday. You're very kind. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. And good luck with that project. That's, uh, that's a tough one, and um, and it's a bummer. But radon is a serious issue, and and it is something that if your levels are high, you got to get that taken care of because it's just going to come back to hurt you and all you know in so many different ways, and in particular when you go to sell. It is seven thirty in the morning. When we come back, it's time for our new Tulu two. That's going to help you with all those devices you want to plug in, in particular next to your bed. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this report of news. Um, I bring an extension cord always now in my bag, not just the plug-in. Because, you know, like a lot of hotels, if you go to, they don't all have the plugs to plug in your phone. My wife wears an Apple Watch. Lindsay, you wear an Apple Watch, right? I do. So when you travel, you know, you not only need the the phone charger for your phone, and then you need something for your watch, and then... Uh, she reads a lot on her iPad, so then that's now a different cord as well, right? With the new iPads, it's yeah. like a, it's like, come on, can't we get some kind of simple thing? Consistency, I know, no, nope. be a nice thing. But and then a lot of hotels, even if it's a modern hotel, the USB plug doesn't work, and so I just bring an extension cord with three things: a small one, plug oh. it in, and then I get three, 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 no matter where the plug is. Yeah, our Noodle two. Uh, now you know you don't live in a hotel; you live in your house. What? What? <laughs> what? No, I was going to say it's not for hotels. I mean, it could be used in a hotel. No, no, but... no. Understand? But if they had this in a hotel, ah. it would make so your life so much easier. But you can have this Noodle Two in your home. hard-to-reach place, like behind a bed or a dresser. This weekend's new Tulu 2 fixes that problem. Presto Plug is an electric outlet extender that's been designed to extend the reach of your electrical outlet so you don't have to reach behind furniture or move that furniture to use them. Each white compact device contains two standard electrical outlet holes, two USB ports, and on the top of each one offers a shelf that's meant to hold small devices as they charge. A four-foot extension cord is connected to each device for the purpose of extending any standard outlet's reach. Great for relocating outlets from behind nightstands, couches, desks, workshops. Once you've chosen a place for your outlet extender, you secure it to the wall by peeling off its backing to reveal the adhesive underneath. Now, this adhesive is designed to stick securely to wood, drywall, tile, and metal surfaces. And that shelf I was talking about earlier holds up to 25 pounds. One Presto Plug outlet goes for $19.99, and you can find out more and see what it is I'm talking about on Lou's House Smarts YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the subscribe button while you're there. 25 pounds? What are you hanging on that shelf? Right? That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, it's like for you could put your phone on it. 
And maybe you have a really heavy iPad. Right, made out of lead. I mean, what that is the craziest thing. You know what's really huh? funny? Speaking of heavy iPads, this made me think of this is one of the crazy things about my husband. He thinks <laughs> when an iPad or an i or an iPhone or whatever you're charging is fully charged, that it's heavier <laughs> when it's not. I swear. He's nuts. <laughs> really? So for those twenty five pound iPads that are fully charged, it can hold those. He thinks that it's heavier when it's charged. He swears that it is slightly heavier when he it's charged. He has a master's charged. degree, doesn't he? He has a master's <laughs> degree. God help right? us. Wow. I don't think that that's true. I don't I, think that that word means I, what you think it means. It's like from every time. Princess Bride. Um, this is a cool item uh, with the cord. I mean, I'm thinking in our own home where our uh, bed is in our primary bedroom, the plug is right behind the bed and what i ended up doing was buying these um it was also a noodaloo too which i saw in a hotel which was a an alarm clock that you could plug a bunch of things in and it has a cord and extension the whole nine yards that's nice but this is just so simple and you just stick it to the wall i don't know why it has to hold 25 pounds i think that's just a a thing but um it's a it's a neat item if you go to uh, youtube.com slash house smarts tv you can see the product and the information and the links there as well that uh it's it's a great add-on especially for people in older homes i was just how much the is other it day, how much is it 20 bucks for one yeah. i was just the other day i was trying to get in between you know i was going between the headboard and the mattress trying to stick the um plug, it plug in, in right. through that and then trying to like blindly find that this this would have been great. You do this once, you plug it in there, and everything's right there. And the fact that you've got the plugs. So then you could plug in an alarm clock if you use that and your USB cords, the whole nine yards, right? Uh, I like it. It's a really good one. 857-557-4, Let's go back to the phone lines now. This is Gus, who's in Arlington Heights. Hey, Gus, good morning. You're on House March Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. With a little luck, we're hoping it has a wood pellet uh, built-in grill installed by next weekend, and it's going to have some limestone countertops, and I'm wondering what I should do to seal those. Ooh. Boy, you know, the limestone is, that's a super porous material. Um, yeah. And you're going to install, and it's going to be, so the grill's going to be around it. Well, yeah, it's going to be on each side of the grill. Yes, right. <clears throat> not a good idea. I mean, are you are you sold on the limestone? I mean, even when you seal it, it is so porous that with the grease and the oil that's going to come off long term, you're not going to be happy. Okay. Um, so any suggestions then? Yeah. So what about? Um, okay. So. This is going to be like a brick. Is it what? What is the? What is the? You're going to have the pellet grill installed. What's going to be supporting the limestone shelves or counters? Yeah, uh, it, it's going on top of a paver brick patio, so it'll be the same kind of paver bricks. And about how big of a of a shelf and or counter would be on both sides? Oh, about three and a half feet. Okay. You could do granite. You could do quartz. That's uh, 
mean, the granite is still porous, but it will be way more forgiving than limestone. And there are quartz materials that you can use outdoors that have UV uh, UV inhibitors on them. And the thing with quartz is it's non-porous, easy to clean, and it'll essentially look the same 10 years from now. The limestone looks fabulous when it's brand new. When you seal the limestone, it will help you, but it will not keep everything from there. You know, and um, okay. the other thing you could do, too, is you could do stainless. I don't know if that's the look you're going for. Um, no, I don't think so. Right. I don't, I don't think that would fly with Mrs. Gus. Got it. Well, we don't. We, it's all about we got to make sure <laughs> Mrs. Gus is happy. But uh, look for an alternative that is not as porous. I don't know if they've already made the oh. product. but um, No, not yet. Yeah. They do make a synthetic, uh, you know, man-made limestone too, but even that is super porous, and it would not be my first choice for next, right next to a grill. Okay. All right. All right. Good luck. Uh, can I ask you one other? Question? Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we had some uh, new countertops installed in the bathroom, and they got little of the silicone down on the sink. It's just a cold porcelain sink. Um, what can I use to get that off? You mean like on the edge of it where it meets the counter? Well, yeah, except they drop some down onto the actual sink, inside the sink. Oh, okay, and you can see it. Uh, It's clear, so not much because it's brand new, but you can feel it. Take a um, plastic putty knife, a a very narrow plastic putty knife that has a pretty good sharp edge, and just gently scrape away until you get it all the way down, you know, as much as you can so that the material is pretty almost all gone, and then take a plastic scrubbing pad with, oh, a, okay. with, with a little, um, maybe just with nothing but water, and do a little elbow grease, and it should come up. Okay. Right. You got it. Appreciate Thanks. you calling this morning. Good luck with that project. It is uh, 7.47 in the morning. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. So we, we bought this house in January. It's about 60 years old. So we have a front-loading washing machine. Every time that fills up, it makes a big banging noise. The valve, the valve opening and shutting, it makes a big banging noise. So I had a plumber uh, come and check it, and he thought that it needs a, a hammer arrester. Right. So he installed one on the uh, inlet after the valve that comes into the house after the valve installed it. It's still not uh, good. And then I went and bought a water pressure meter. I checked it, and the pressure seems to be, you know, it's varying from 80 PSI to almost 95. Wow. Yeah, so I then I looked at the pressure regulator valve. It looks like it's almost all the way in. So I'm just wondering whether, can I, can I go ahead and change it? What do I do? So the plumber put in a whole house hammer uh, arrestor right at the main valve, you said? Yeah, immediately after the valve. Correct. So the, yeah. now the whole house has this. Yes. But the, but the washing machine is still making that hammering sound. Yeah. Not only that, when it makes that hammering noise, I see near the wall, 
wall that all the pipes vibrating. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it's it, scary. And it's only when the washing machine is filling up. Yes. Okay. Can I make a suggestion? Where the washing machine is now, is there mm-hmm. a a laundry sink next to it? No, I do not have it. So where does the washing machine drain into? Uh, it goes into the, um, uh, the regular drain pipe that goes out of the house. So there's a box. So the, the water that feeds the washing machine is like a guy gray box in the wall with two valves? Yes. Okay. It's not a box. It's, it has two valves. The valves also seem to have so that arrester. You know, it has a long cap, like a high cap. Mm-hmm. The, the, I want, I, this is what I want you to try. I want okay. you to turn the water off on the two valves to the washing machine. Okay. I want you to take the hoses off mm-hmm. of the washing machine. Okay. And then either stick them in the drain... Or into a bucket, okay? And then I want you to turn the water on individually, like the hot water, and let that run for ten minutes or, or not ten minutes. But I mean, if you can go into the if you can go into the the drain pipe, that would be great. Turn it on. Go for one minute. Turn it off. Okay. And see okay. if it still hammers. See what I mean? We're trying to. It may be that your fill valve on your washing machine is bad. Uh-huh. But if you get that, if you, well, let me ask you this. When the plumber put in this arrester by the main valve, do you remember yep. him draining down the whole system inside the house? Yes, he did. Okay. So do this test with the valve, with the water valve, or with the valves into a bucket or into the drain. If it still vibrates, then there's something going on with the piping leading to the washing machine, and there may need to be arresters put right there. Mm-hmm. But I bet you it's a problem with your fill valve, the solenoid fill valve on the washing machine itself that's causing this problem, if this is the only place that it occurs. Yes, it is. Right. Try this. Okay. Do me a favor. Try this little test, and will you call me back next week and let me know what happens? Okay, so I have to turn the water off, take the hoses off. Off of the washing machine. Just, the water. But turn the water off just at the valve in the wall. You don't have to turn the main house off. I don't want you to do okay. that. Just the okay. valves by the washing machine. Unscrew okay. the hoses off of the back of the washing machine. Put them either okay. in the drain or the bucket. Turn it on okay. for 30 seconds or a minute. Turn it off. If there's no vibration then, now mm-hmm. we've localized the problem to the dish, uh, the washing machine if there's okay. still a vibration, then there's we need uh, arresters put on right at that guy gray box. Okay. Okay, I'll try that. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4LOU. We will take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Andy, I, Andy, I know you're going to do the, uh, the pregame for Northwestern coming mm-hmm. up at 10 o'clock this morning. Can you, at some point, just you know, kind of throw in a, just a, a little... Whoa, Nelly! Can you just throw that out there? Whoa, Nelly! Yeah, right? Because for those of us old enough to remember the late, great Keith Jackson. Uh Uh-huh. Getting down and dirty in the trenches. We have a... We have a... uh, uh, We have a... uh, Engineer that works at uh, WGN Radio named Brett Jackson. Yes, we do. And every time I see him, I know I'm turning into an old man. I go, Brett 
Jackson. So, <laughs> he has no idea. He has no idea what I'm doing. And he Into just the rolls belly of the back. <laughs> well, that should be fun. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to listening to that game, and uh, uh, that'll be fun for those kids to go do something like that. You know, definitely. I mean, uh, but they do have the right approach. I mean, going in, they're they're talking about this being a business trip at least at the beginning, because uh, Northwestern is going to stick around uh, Ireland for a couple of days after this game to uh, to kind of enjoy the sights and get to see oh, the culture, because nice. they, have a, they have a bye next week. So, uh, oh, good. Yeah, they're going to stay out there for a couple extra days. That's great. Now, Nebraska is not the formidable no. uh, college uh, football program that it was in the 80s? No, but it's a it's a better team even than, uh, well, if you listen to Coach Fitz, it's a better team than it was last year. And last year sure. they, they beat Northwestern 56-7. to Ooh. Uh, Yeah, they have, uh, they have some new uh, coordinators. They have a couple of new players that they got uh, in the, the transfer portal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough thing for the first game because you have to prepare for not only an opener in, uh, in a foreign land, but it's a Big Ten opponent too, and it uh, mm. really magnifies things and counts. Uh, right, it means double. Something. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. right. Well, hopefully, let's see. So, what are we? Seven hours? They're seven hours ahead of us. Seven hours, in, right? Seven hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, and so kickoff is at what time? Uh, it's eleven thirty here. Got it. So that would make it what six thirty there, five thirty there. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like, that. like fun. Yeah. Good. Looking forward to you it. Got looking it. forward to hearing you at uh, ten o'clock this morning as well. 857-557-4, lose our phone number, 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines now and see if we can help some people out this morning. This is Bernie calling in from Aurora. Bernie, good morning. You're on House Marts Radio. Hi there. We've got a question. We had new windows, several new windows put in, Okay, and they are unfinished, and we'd like to now get them finished with, you know, stain and with, you know, the sealer. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my wife is very sensitive to smells, and we are wondering what product is available that is less odorous for her, (sighs) or else we'll have to ship her out somewhere. Um, Well, you know, the thing is, with the the stains themselves, the oil-based stain is... um, the oil-based stain is really what you want to use on the wood. And that's probably, right. you know, the that, that that isn't super, I mean, it has an odor. I'm not going to, you know, tell you that it doesn't. But right. the polyurethane, that's easy because you just go with a waterborne polyurethane and that doesn't smell at all. I mean, it's, you know, hardly, there is a little bit of an odor, but it's not anything like an oil-based the stain itself um, might be an issue for her. What will happen is the painter or whomever is going to come do this work, right. you're going to put that oil stain on there. It'll take at least 24 hours before it cures and the odor is reduced. And then they'll do a little bit of sanding. They may have to do a little bit of touch-up depending on the coloring that you want. Once that cures, and it, again, a good 24 hours in particular when you're using a waterborne finish, They'll put a waterborne sealer over the top of that, and I don't, again, I can't speak for your wife, but I don't think that would be as uh, unpleasant for her as, you know, any kind of oil. Um, maybe the now, way... You, you, mentioned, you mentioned polyurethane. Is that the stain? Polyurethane is the finish. And oh, so the finish. The finish. The stain itself, I mean, 
There are waterborne stains, but I would not recommend them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rather you could do with the, the oil. And so, <clears throat> you know, if it's a question of if you've got the painter coming on a Tuesday and a Wednesday to put the stain on, I'm just making that up. Mm-hmm. You know, it could, it could also be the thing yeah. where um, you could go to a paint store or a hardware store and have them pop open a thing of stain and see what she thinks about that smell first. Ah, that, that might be a good thing to do. You know, and then you can determine, she's like, oh, I can't take that smell. Well, then let's go see your sister for two days <laughs> or, or, you know, whatever, go, go to Galena. Yeah. It, we, you know, we, we, uh, I always, I always have a little side joke with my, our engineer, Bob Ferguson, you know, we sent him to Bloomington, Indiana, but just don't forget to come back. So, about uh, New Buffalo, about New Buffalo, you know, go for a couple days and you know what? I mean, uh, we don't know each other, Bernie, but I bet your wife could use a break from you. We've already had a break. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Well, never mind. In New Buffalo. Got it. All right. Well, go take another break, but maybe go do okay. a little smell test at a paint store or hardware store first. All right. That sounds like the best thing to do. You got it, bud. Okay. Thank you very Be much. Be well. I appreciate you listening and calling in this morning. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. But right now, it's time to hear from Lindsay about what's new at Builder Supply Outlet. That's Ken. Oh, hi, Ken. Hi, Lou. I got a strange problem here, and I, 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 I'm wondering. So, my shower head in the shower, and then there's the, you know, the little pipe that comes out of the wall. You put the shower head on, and it's yep. the one that's at a 45 degree angle bent down. All of a sudden, now the entire pipe that's in the wall, the that holds the shower head, is is loose. So when I go to tighten it back up. The shower head is now in the 45 angle is pointed at the ceiling. Right. So wh- what do I do? Do I remove that pipe and try putting it back on so it, it points back down again? Or what's, I, I don't know how this could happen. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's probably just expansion and contraction over time. Those That shower arm that it's called, those pipes are, depending on the quality of the pipe, if it's a thinner metal, which many of them are, it probably just loosened up a little bit, like it shrunk, and now you need to tighten it. Just to, The issue is we want to make sure that it's tight because you can have a leak back there and not even know it. Yeah, but how do I get to the... I mean, it's all sealed up. I mean, no, no. I, Hear, I can't get... Th- hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So that excussion, there's a chrome piece that goes up against the wall, right? And then the pipe goes Correct. in the middle of that. That piece yeah. you should be able to get behind and pull towards you. In the wall, oh, okay. in the wall, there is a threaded brass fitting, typically with two screws holding it to a piece of wood. And if you grab that entire arm, loosen it and take it completely off. Go to the hardware store or the okay, home so- center and just unscrew the whole thing. It's all going to come off in your hand, and you're going to be left with a hole in the wall. And if you shine a light in there. You're going to see that fitting. Okay. Now you're going to go buy a brand new shower arm, and you're going to see a cheap one and a more expensive one. Which one are you going to buy? Oh, my wife is great at buying expensive. Perfect. I I love your wife already. And so you're going to buy the better shower arm. She's a smart lady. And you're going to put some Teflon tape around the threads that you're going to stick in the wall. 
Okay. And then you're going to carefully stick it inside there. You're going to need a new excussion, too, or you can probably reuse the one you have. But you're going to put that excussion over the pipe. Well, if if you don't put the head on yet, then you'll, you can do that the other way. But put the pipe in there and tighten it and get it nice and tight exactly where you want it pointing down. Then... Okay. You're going to replace, you know, put the shower head on that with the Teflon tape as well, making sure that you're holding that arm with one hand firmly so you don't, you know, move it and tighten the shower head on there and you're good to go. So if I just keep the water off at where you turn it on in the shower, I should be fine. I don't have to turn the water off to the system. No, no, no. No no water comes out of that until you let, do you have a... You have a spout with a uh, a button. You know, like uh, how do, how no. do you how do you turn no. the shower on? Uh, it's a turn handle. Yeah. So as long as the water's off, there's no water coming out of there. What you okay. what right. you what you may want to do just as a kind of a um, just to get the water out of the shower arm itself, take the head the shower head off first. When you do that. Sure. Some water may come out of that arm and drain out of there. You're going to drip some water inside the wall, but that's okay. A little bit doesn't matter. Then take the whole arm off, do everything that I just uh, described, and you should be fine. All right, Lou. Thank you. Good luck. I appreciate you calling this morning, Ken, not Jen. <laughs> it said Jen. You put Jen. And, and then, I even corrected. And, and, and then Jen? she said, and then he, she says, I thought his voice was a little deep for a gen, but you never know. People have deep voices. I heard J-E-N. It was a K. I didn't. Sorry. Sorry, Jen. Ken. Ken. Name is Ken. 857-557-4LOU. Let's see. I'm pretty sure you got this right. This is Rich in Chicago. Hey, Rich. You're on House March Radio. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. I have a condo in Florida. And I want to replace the carpeting with vinyl uh, planking. Luxury vinyl floor? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm wondering whether I've been doing some research on it. It seems as though recommendation has been have a uh, thickness millimeter of six or better is recommended. And the planking that I'm looking at uh, come in widths of seven uh, or 10 inches. I don't know whether you prefer one over another. That's really more of a, of a, you know, of a, uh, a style, uh, thing for you, right? Like what you want to, what you want to put down there, the, the thickness, the six mil that you're talking about is the thickness of the tile. You know, many of yeah. them, many of them, um, you know, have a, a little, um, uh, you don't need underlayment under these. They have it built into the tile themselves. Uh, the, oh, okay, because the, I know there's like triple layer there. Yeah, I mean, that's all fine. It's all built in, right? I'm assuming you're going on top of concrete? That's correct. And are you, what floor are you on in the condo? I'm on the third floor. Okay, so we really don't have to worry about moisture because you're up high. You know, you're not at the ground level. And... um the other thing you're going to see when you do the research is the thickness of the film on top, the finish on top, right? And yes. a lot of them you'll see they'll have 12 millimeter or, you know, 20 millimeter. 
I was talking to a flooring guy. We we did some flooring at our home with some uh, vinyl flooring, and um, this guy's been doing it for a while. And he says, you know, anything over twenty, I don't necessarily know that it makes a huge difference. But if you get to twenty, you're really in good shape. And even if you're at twelve or fifteen, you're in good shape, right? And uh, I really like this product. It's very nice. It's uh, very durable. You know, it, it it stands up to moisture and water. You know, in Florida, I mean, yeah, you're air-conditioned most of the time, but, you know, there's a high humidity level, and uh, there's a bunch of good manufacturers out there. Um, I was uh, looking up Smart Mars, uh, let's see, Smart Core. Smart Core is, is a brand that I believe Home Depot carries. Uh, but it's a... it's And, a, and it's, Lowe's, too. Yeah, it's a good brand. You, you should be spending... This is one of those areas, uh, Rich, where you get what you pay for. The yes. material should be costing you about five bucks a square foot. Okay, those are, that's it within the price range I've been right. researching on. Right, right. Look at another one uh, called Johnson. Okay. That's a very good brand, and uh, that's what we settled on that we put in our home and I've been really, really happy with the performance so far. It's a wide plank, um, what you're describing as well. And uh, I just think it looks fabulous, and it's really easy to care for. And, um, you know, when it's done right. You like the wider plank? I do. Rather than the, I do just okay, from a, that's a personal preference. Well, that's been my preference as well. well uh, looking at the samples and the, and the uh, photos that I've seen of it. Couple of smart guys like us, we know what we're doing, right? <laughs> well, if you do your research, I guess it helps. Here's my final question, Lou. Uh, I'm I'm torn between whether I should go with a big box uh, pers- uh, company that would put put the whole thing in, uh, or whether I should go with a mom and pop's place. I will always defer to the mom and pop. Oh, you would. Okay. Yeah. Always. Uh, here's my final question. Part of the the great room that I have in that condo is part uh, asbestos tile. It's only about 20% of the room. The rest is carpeted. I don't want to pull up the asbestos tile. Uh, I'd want to go over it with the planking. It's fine. Over the That's entire fine. thing. Just to merge it all into one <clears throat> That's room. That's fine. As long as... as, long as- as long as that tile is sound and it's not going anywhere, covering it up, yes. you're doing nothing wrong. You're encapsulating it, which is allowed and legal. And as long as you don't disturb it, I think you have no problem whatsoever doing that on the floor. I appreciate the phone call, Rich. It's 832 in the morning. When we come back, we're going to talk about Family Fest coming back to Misericordia, September 11th, and we're going to give you the 411 on the whole thing. So, Good morning. Thank you, Lou. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you have, uh, I'm sure, have so many things on your plate, but uh, the Family Fest, you've been at Ms. Uh, for a number of years now. It's got to be fun to be planning this once again. Yeah, you know, we're so excited. Like you said, we've uh, taken a two-year hiatus uh, due to COVID, and so we're ready to welcome, you know, our several thousands of friends and family back to our campus. I don't think a lot of people have been able to come to our campus mm. for a while, and so this will just be a, a huge family party, right? A, a huge festival to uh, kind of welcome everyone back, and it's our 40th. Right. It's our 40th family. Wow. Fest. So 
you know, we're just really excited to come back. And I know Sister Rosemary is, you know, really excited to be able to welcome everyone back to campus, you know, after two long years. So we're we're ready. We're getting ready. We're ready. <laughs> now, did we, I, I think there's an opportunity here, you know, because Sister obviously gets to make the rounds and somebody usually takes her around in a golf cart. I think if there's a, like a golf cart company out there that wants to send a, a souped up golf cart, right, that Sister <laughs> could use, you know, something really something else, right? Just to kind of go around big tires and whatever, you know, so we can elevate her a, a little bit. Or right, like a, right, the Sister Mobile. It could be the Sister Mobile. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm super excited because um, it's such a, it's such a, well, I don't know how to describe it. It, it is, everybody's walking around and they're there enjoying themselves. They're there supporting this unbelievable organization, uh, you know, and it's, it's always a beautiful day when it's family fest. Doesn't matter what the weather is going to do, but the weather I'm sure will cooperate with us. Um, yes, tell- sisters. She's on it. She's on it. She's praying for beautiful weather. So as well as our Terry Morrissey, our mayor, it'll be his birthday that day. Wow. So I'm sure he's willing the weather to cooperate. Oh, I can't wait to see Terry. I have not seen him in a while. Now, can for those that have never attended Family Fest, can you give a little snapshot of kind of what the vibe is like, what they'll see, what kind of activities are there, and some of the entertainment and opportunities there are to enjoy themselves? Sure. You know, so it's really fun for everyone. Um, You know, bring your kids, bring your friends, you know, for the adults, we have the bears game playing in our beer tent. Um, We have so much food and fun. And for the little kids, there's free games that they can play. They'll get little tokens. They win prizes. They love it. Mm. There's going to be some little rides there. We have football toss and golf and stuff like that for the teenagers. And then the entertainment, we have three, uh, stages. So we have the children's entertainment and there's going to be, you know, like the Loyola Ramblerette, Hugo, um, Elvis tribute. He is this wonderful Elvis, um, I'll say impersonator. And he just really brings the house down. He's so fun. Um, on the main stage, we have the Chauncey brothers. We have a band called in spite of ourselves. And then, uh, what everyone is always waiting for is the Misericordia heartbreakers and yeah. heart zingers. So they'll be taking the stage again and, they're just so excited to be able to be back out there and, you know, be able to perform for everyone again. Um, and so it's just a really fun day. You know, there's something for everyone. We have the live auction, which I believe you are a part of. I uh, am. going to be doing the live auction and getting all that, the money in. And we just have some fabulous stuff. We have, I'll prep you, right? So we have Tuscany, we have Mexico, we have some sports tickets, we have resident artwork. I believe there's lunch with uh, Lois and Sister, so that I think will be a huge ticket. And then one of the best tickets, I believe, I don't know if you know, Lou, but there's lunch with you on that list. So. Wow, we might get four uh, or so five do- four or five dollars for that, but uh, no, I'm that that's awesome. And and those those trips, by the way, I know that you have partnered in the past with these organizations that only. Um, make these villas and areas available to, you know, philanthropic uh, opportunities. And so these are, I know people that have won these trips in the past and they have done nothing but rave about how beautiful and wonderful it is. And so what an opportunity to get out there, you know, to donate to Misericordia and then to be able to enjoy, uh, you know, the fruits of your donation which is just awesome. And then there's all kinds of great food options for people as well, right? 
yes, we have, you know, our famous fest chicken. We have our, our ribs. We have tacos. We have the American booth with hamburgers and hot dogs. We, you know, just everything. Of course, the Misericordia Bakery will be out there. Mm. We have two locations for them. We've got the desserts galore going, you know. So, again, it's something for everyone. And just walking around, there's going to be Star Wars characters. There's going to be pet therapy dogs. There's going to be um, the uh, the Jesse White tumblers. You know, I think everyone loves watching oh, that. Yeah. So, and it's just an amazing opportunity for people who haven't been to Misericordia to see our campus, right? Right. And so you can walk around the grounds and... The residents will be out, and it's just a it's a it's a nice introduction to Misericordia, and just you know to see how happy the residents are, and they're welcoming welcoming everyone to their home, right? So right. it's a big family party, and and here's a good thing too: free parking. There is free parking by our neighbors, SNC Electric, which is on Devon and Ridge, so you don't have to worry about parking. We have shuttles that'll take you to the grounds, and then you're all set. So. You know, it, it can be hard to park on the north side, but we got that covered. Yeah, boy, SNC has just been a, a a tremendous partner of Misericordia for so many years. So hats off to them, which is just amazing. All right, Julie, what are the details? Um, uh, September 11th, what, what are the times? Where can people buy tickets and all that good stuff? Sure. So it's, uh, again, September 11th. It starts at 11 a.m. and at 6 p.m., they can buy tickets online at our website at misericordia.com. It'll be on the homepage. You'll see the icon for Family Fest, and you can just click there. If you don't do that, you can always buy them at the gate. So you can arrive and just buy your ticket then. It's ten dollars for adults, five dollars for children. Yep, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be helping out with the auction. I'm also gonna be working at the taco tent. So if you're in the uh, mood for oh, some nice. tacos, come out and see us. And um, I'll be um, you know. Uh, creating some tacos. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing at that point, but I will do there. I will be ready and I will be doing what I have they to will, do. They will put you to work. Yeah, yeah. They, will, they will make it happen for you. Julie O'Sullivan is the Director of Creative Arts and the Marketing Manager over at Misericordia. If you listen to this show with any regularity, you know that I love this place. I love everybody that works there, volunteers there, and lives there. And uh, myself, my wife, my family uh, just, you know, can cannot do enough for Misericordia and what their mission is. And we're going to be so happy to be joining you all on September 11th. And I hope that all of you listening uh, can come out and join us as well. Julie, thank you so much uh, for taking the time this morning. And I will see you on the 11th. Thank you so much, Lou. We, we always appreciate you. And you're just so phenomenal uh, to help us out every year and all year long. And I know that Sister Rosemary and Lois and Father Jack you know, send their appreciation as well. And we're just, we're so fortunate to have you. So we're very, very lucky. And uh, we're excited to see you on September 11th as well. We will all be there. Thanks so much, Julie. You're listening to House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. We'll get back to your phone calls right after these messages. Get back to the phone calls here and uh, talk with uh, Liz who's in Downers Grove. Hi, Liz, you're on House Smarts Radio. Hello. Hi there. Um, thanks for taking my call. I uh, have a very large concern about an area of my basement. Um, I don't know if ductwork runs through this whole area. It's The basement is finished, okay? The ceiling um, has this uh, three-by-six-foot area that is finished, and we have a small access panel there that provides access to, I think, three shutoff valves for um, water. 
Okay. There's also a vent for heat, and there's a light in that um, section also. Okay. Um, I am getting um, water marking around the light. I'm also getting um, patches of, you know, discoloration like water and a couple of small black spots. This has all happened in like the last month. Mm. And and there's nothing running now. When we took the access panel off, um, it was dripping slightly and it dried up and it hasn't dripped since. But it's obvious I have to have somebody cut into that ceiling. And I don't know if the the water pipes, hot and cold, they're not insulated. Mm. And whether um, air conditioning, heating going through there is creating condensation. But I'm really concerned about who do I call to get this properly taken care of. So the the finished area, you said it's three by six? Well, that particular section of the ceiling, yes. Got it. And then around that is still finished, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when is finished. But then at some point, if I walk in some direction, it's not finished, right? The Like there must be a mechanical room where the furnace and the water heater are, and they feed into yeah. the finished portion? Right, but you can't see this area at all from there. No, 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 I understand, but if I were to okay. if I were to stand underneath this area where you see all these problems and I yeah. walk and I follow the ductwork and the piping into the unfinished room, I can see what's going on, correct? Like I can see where the pipes are going. Um well, uh they're on okay, the this area goes in one direction. And the water heater, et cetera, is, um, what is it, perpendicular to it? How close? Oh, golly. Um, Bigger than a bread box? Oh, yeah. Bigger bigger than a bread box. 15 feet one way and and 12 feet the other way? Bigger than a Buick. Okay, so... um, I bet what's happening is you're exactly, you really sort of answered your own question. Those water pipes, my guess is it's the water pipes condensating down there because of the high humidity level. When, are you someone that runs the air conditioner a lot or no? Well, um, <laughs> I, I, um, I share the house with family. And so I'm on the lower level. I have my windows open all the time. They have the air on all the time. Got it. So the air, so the lower level where this problem is happening? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. My level. <laughs> Perfect. So this is exactly what's why this is occurring. The air conditioner is running. That area is cold and it is closed up. You've got the windows open all the time. The high humidity level that's down there is hitting against that causing that condensation to occur. So one way you solve this problem is you close the windows. (laughs) And freeze. Okay. Well, but that, but then, but then to your point is you're freezing. Okay. The other issue is that, um, insulating the pipes will help, but it may not solve the problem other than just hold the problem in there. That, Uh, yeah, the, um, the service panel that you said you can open to get at the valves, 
If, right. It's, it's a very small one. I understand we could get a much larger one. Well, but that's not the issue. The thing is we need to open it up to allow airflow yeah. up there. And so uh-huh. another way you could solve this problem was if you were to change that access panel to a vented, open vented, uh, you know, okay. grill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you would do for a furnace. You have to have a door with vents in it. But then I would have a fan blowing up in it. Because I need air movement to dry it out. So the issue that's happening here, the air conditioning is running all the time. It's freezing cold upstairs. It's freezing cold in the basement because of physics. And with you having the windows open, that change between humidity and the air outside and the cold running through the ductwork and the pipes is causing this. You could also run a dehumidifier down in that Mm -hmm. area if you choose to... Quite frankly, if you really wanted to solve this problem, Permaseal has been talking about their permadry system, which is something that goes down in the basement that they put down there. That would handle all this high humidity, lower it, keep the air fresher for you down in there, and um, you know, then you you would solve the problem from the moisture buildup. I mean, it might be the thing might be really running a lot with the windows open all the time, but. It would solve the issue. This will probably go away in the summer, excuse me, in the winter when you get into heating, because then Mm -hmm. we don't have those moisture issues going on there. But I know that right now, through the end of the month, they've got a 20% off on that Permadry system if you contact Permaseal at 800-421-SEAL. Thanks so much for the phone call. I'm bumping up against time here. It's 8.57 in the morning. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Real quick, uh, we were talking that your husband thinks that an iPad weighs more when it's charged as opposed to when it's empty. That's correct? That is accurate. Well, it turns out he's right. (laughs) I did a little Googling during the break, and I found this... uh, Kind of right. Professor of technical uh, information at the University of Munich. That could be made up, but uh, it says, yes, a charged battery contains more energy than an empty one. And good old E equals MC squared, Andy, tells you that energy and mass are one and the same. So you can calculate the additional mass of a charged battery. You lost me at iPad. I don't I know. Well, the thing is, is that we are the wrong people. But, you know, my father-in-law was a former math teacher. He's loving this, that I never thought that I would talk about so much math. So with that, Andy, we can calculate that 1J equals 11.1265 times 10 to the negative 15G. Uh-huh. 1.21 okay? gigawatts? Correct. I believe it's gigawatts. Okay. And so typically, but so here's the thing, is that a it is heavier but you wouldn't have a scale that could even tell you the difference. Like, there's no way that you would feel it in an iPad, like a person. Right. Right? So basically, David. let's consider this. A typical smartphone battery, of course, has 4,000 uh, megawatts an hour at 3.85 volts, which is 15.2 watts. 15.2 watts an hour equals 54 1720 watts one hour equals 3600 watts with one watt equal to one joule equal to Uh 11.1265 times 10 to the negative 15 g our battery then is 54720 
11.1265 times 10 to the negative 15 G equals 6,088 times 10 to the negative 10 G. Heavier charge than uncharged. I mean, it is so simple. I just spelled it all out. You just lost half your audience. <laughs> People are now tuning into something else. I'm having flashbacks to one train leaves New York City. Exactly. With right, 17 right. passengers on board. So your goofy husband, as much as we made fun of him, then I David... I mean, I'm not giving him this to him. There is no way. I'm not even going to tell him this. Do we, is this going to be between us? We're not going to say anything? All right. Tell him, to show, tell him to show his work. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you can't, You got the answer, but yes, where's the work? Exactly. If you don't do the work, then you don't. Right, exactly. Andy, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Lou Manfredini here with you. House Smarts Radio. We're going to do our Just Text Me segment uh, also at the bottom of the hour, so you can send us some text messages to the same number as well. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines now. Patty is in Edwardsburg. Patty, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. I hear you. Hi, Patty. Patty, Patty. Patty, I hear you. Ba- Hi, come on, Patty. What's well, okay? Okay, okay. Yeah, I have a, um, a deck that's two years old that we built up at a lake house, and we haven't sealed it or anything, and I'm wondering... If we need to wash it before we seal it, and we also have some knot holes in there, what can we fill the knot holes with, and what should we use to seal it? We definitely should clean it, and uh, the fact that it's two years old, you probably need to lightly sand all the flat portion of the deck that you would either walk on or if there's a drink rail, because what happens to the deck, you know, it does, we need it to obviously dry out and get rid of all the treated, uh, you said it's treated deck, correct? Meaning that yeah. like a, like a, uh, like a green treated wood. Womanized. Yes. Womanized. Perfect. Whatever. Okay. So when it sits inside the sun, what happens is the wood grain sort of closes up a little bit. We need to lightly sand the deck to open up the fibers to allow you to, for the stain to get absorbed into that. So, Clean it, sand it, let it dry for a good 24 hours, okay, that's all it'll take, and then use a really good oil-based deck stain. One of my favorites is a product... I don't want to... But, but Lou, I don't want to stain it any other color. I like the natural sort of gray look. Um, So I would want something that's clear. It's not going to last, and it's going to make the deck look uh, dirty. So the clear, I understand. Really? I understand you don't want to stain it, but the clear sealers right. do nothing, and so they sit on okay. top of the wood, and you know it'll bubble up and bead in the rain. And you're like, oh my gosh, it looks amazing, and then it'll peel off like a wax, and then the dirt will get underneath there, and in a year it'll look terrible. So oh, if you geez. like okay. the nice, if you like the nice gray look, you can find a gray stain. Uh-huh. You can find a semi-transparent stain that's in that gray color for sure and do that but that's what's going to protect your wood not a clear sealer oh thank you so much thank you so much okay so with these little we do have some knot holes in there we built this during covid so it wasn't the best wood um 
So we have a few knot holes. Is there anything to fill knot holes? You mean knot holes? You mean the knot holes are like the knots are gone and they're holes? No, no, they're still there. They're just, it looks like there's a round circle. No, there's nothing that you're going to fill that with. When you stain it a color, it should blend in. Okay. It'll still right. be it'll still okay. be there, but it won't be as apparent. And it's just you know, it's oh. wood. There's knots in wood, and you sure. know, okay. they, we like the knots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so clean it, like, clean it, sand like it, sand. stain oh. it. And the stain that I really like is a product called Penafin. P E N O F I N. Okay. All right. Got it. And do they sell this at Ace Hardware? Uh, some do. It's a, it is a, um, it's a D you know, it's by the dealer. If you go to their website, they'll find a dealer note close to you. Where, where do you live okay. N- normally? Okay. Oh, okay. We're in, um, South Bend, Indiana or Edwardsburg, Michigan. Yeah. So there may be somebody that has it. You just got to go to their website and there'll be right. a dealer locator. Okay. Super. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. Appreciate you calling this morning. Eight. Five seven five five seven four Lou is our phone number. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hey, good morning, Lou. I got a big problem. I need you last week, but I had to wait till this week to talk to you. So, okay. my husband um, last weekend, my, our dog had an accident on the floor, and he was my husband was home by himself. And in order, after he cleaned it up in order to disinfect it, he took um, Windex in various spots and rubbed it into the floor. And now I've got all these. Um, I don't know. These dull Windex spots on the floor, and I don't know what to do. Mm. All right. I think he's taking the finish off. <clears throat> I've got some Bona, what's this thing called here, hardwood floor polish. Yeah. I don't know if I should do all the floors with that, and I'm so, going to panic. Well, don't panic. But uh, So what have you done so far? Nothing. Okay. So <laughs> I'm afraid of ruining it yeah, even more. Yeah, well, so the thing is, is the Windex may have, uh, did he mention, did he rub it really strongly or? Uh, uh, he didn't mention it, but it looks like he did, so you can actually see, like, the rub marks, you know, it's like circle, circular rub right, marks. Right, 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 right. Okay. Let's see if, if, if the Windex left a film on there, which we may be lucky. Okay. So take the bone up and use, the, use a microfiber towel. And go okay. with the grain and see if that comes up. It may be that it's a film. I doubt it, but let's try that first. And then if that okay. does not come up, um, then what we're going to do is... Uh, when, when, how long ago were, were these floors redone? Oh, probably about six, seven years ago. Okay. So if that doesn't come up, <clears throat> what I want you to do is I want you to go to the hardware store and buy a little pint of of uh, water-based polyurethane in a in a mm-hmm. satin finish. Okay. I want you to open it up and I want you to put like um not even a half a shot glass of water in it because it's going to be pretty full oh, to the okay. top, but I want you to thin it just a little bit. So almost like, okay. uh, how about, you know what? I'm going to say this, a teaspoon of water. Okay. Mix it with a uh, foam brush that will fit inside the pint container. 
You're going to okay. apply this to the boards that are damaged from end of board to end of board along the line. Okay. See what I mean? So we're painting the yep. floor, and we're hoping that it blends in. Okay. It may or may not work. And if not, i got to get my floors refinished, huh? Rescreened. <laughs> Rescreened at the very least. So you don't have to sand them, but they can come and oh, screen. So the screening is they come with literally a screen, an abrasive screen, and they kind of buff the whole surface, and they put a whole new coat of finish over the top. Oh. Okay. So it's Can you recommend le- somebody out this way? Uh, where are you? Lake Zurich? Yeah. Lake Zurich, Palatine, Barrington area? Yeah. Peter Flooring. I'm sorry? Peter. Flo- Peter Flooring. Okay. We have a, I have a phone number if you want. 773-481-2244. I have done business with Peter Flooring for close to 30 years. Oh, Perfect. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I'm going to try this other stuff, but I know that I could count on you to give me some advice. The key with this is the little bit of thinning of the material with the teaspoon of water. Mix it well, brush it lightly, and you got to go edge to edge on the boards. Okay. Because you're trying to blend it all in. And then the thing is, when you're done, like, oh, it's shinier than the other stuff. Give it a right. give it a month before you make a decision as it because it because the shine will come down as you walk on it and you clean the floor. Okay, all right, sounds like a plan. Thank you, you so much. All right, be well. Appreciate you calling. Good luck with that project. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou is the phone number. Uh, now I'm going to talk to uh, Ann, who's in Lake in the Hills. Hi, Ann. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Um, I live in a townhouse, and I'm looking to get an ante- outside antenna installed in my attic. I'm trying to cut the cord, and I don't watch a lot of TV, and I'm just interested in you know, getting local channels. And I was wondering, is there someone that you can recommend to do that? <sighs> well, I mean, why? So the thing is, with if you don't watch a lot of TV and you just want the local channels, you know, you can buy these HD antennas that you just plug into your TV. Um, I did try that. Um, it works okay on the upstairs TV, but my first floor TV, I can only get a few channels. So I figure I need to be higher up. Yeah, okay. Um, do you have an attic space that is um, that is uh, open? You know who I think does? It's un- Go ahead. It's an unfinished attic. It's like in the ceiling of my utility room. Okay. They need like a ladder to get up there. Okay. And... Um, you know who could probably help you with this? Although we're you're in Lake in the Hills. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like an audio slash um, electronics company that would do this. Apt Appliance may do this. And I would. I called them, and they said no. They said no. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. So then the next one would be some type of electrician because we need to wire. We need to send the wires down. You know, some port of some connection point to come down to do this work. Um, like I have currently, I have cable now, so all the wiring is in place. 
Um, I have, you know, I'll, you know, I'll go into the TVs and everything, all of that, the cable, the RG6 or RG3 cables, all right. in place. Going so to, going to, antenna. going, but going to where? Going to each TV. Right. But then where does it ultimately, you know, a, but where does it ultimately end? In other words, all those cables run because you had, you cut the cords. So somewhere in the cable, like the cable comes into the house outside, Correct. Correct, yeah. Okay. And it goes up into the attic, and mm-hmm. then there's a splitter in the attic that has, like, three lines, and that mm-hmm. goes to the three TVs. Yeah. So all of that is in place. So right. I just need, really, the antenna, and then right. the antenna hooks up to the splitter. And you're going to, the thing with the antenna is you're going to need an antenna that has a booster because you're going to multiple TVs. Okay. It's just, it's hard because not a lot of people do this anymore. I mean, they still make them. That's what I'm having a problem with. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and I mean, I, you know, I'm right there with you. We, we quote, cut the cord, but we're actually doing uh, streaming television, not that. But um, do me a favor. Hang on a second. And let me, uh, let me, let me think about this because let me make a couple, let me, while we go to the news, let me make a couple calls and see if I can find somebody and. I'll get back to you in just a second to figure out. That's a tough one. Not a lot of people do that. 857-557-4LOU. It is 9.31 in the morning time now for WGN Radio News. She was the last living adult actress from It's a Wonderful Life, just passed away. And she was the actress that played Harry Bailey's wife. You remember the scene where Harry Bailey comes back from college and... uh, he said, oh, I have the surprise for you. And he introduces uh, his new wife and he says, meet the wife, Ruth Dakin. And she says, Ruth Dakin Bailey, if you please. She died at 97 years old. God bless her. Huh? That great. Anyway, how about our just text me segment? Just a little aside. <laughs> Already talking Christmas. Yeah, it was actually it was it, it, if you get a chance to read it in the New York Times, it's a lovely article about this woman how she left Hollywood at 24. She didn't want that lifestyle and raised a family in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And all the different things that this woman did in her life, and in many ways, um, mimicked the whole story about George Bailey and the influence that this woman had on other people's lives mm. in her 97 years, mm. raising her family in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's beautiful. Beautiful story. Anyway, how about a Just Text Me segment? All right, Lou. Um, I've got one here for you. <laughs> Lou, uh, how do you get rid of the smell inside a vintage china cabinet? Oof. It's hard. It's so hard. Um, what I would do is uh, you got to wash it all down. you got to coat that wood. Now, baking soda with a little warm water and a sponge, wipe it all down and kind of you don't want to soak the wood, but you want to get it damp enough that when you pull away, it's still damp, and then leave it and let the baking soda kind of neutralize the odor. If you can take the shelves out, that would make a world of difference as well. Wiping that all down with that solution would work really, really well. And then maybe once it's dry, sprinkle a little more of the baking soda, kind of like you know, a lot of us do uh, the baking soda in the fridge. You still do? Do you still do that? Do you still have the open baking soda in your fridge? Do you I do, do that? I yeah. do. Mm-hmm. It does help to absorb those odors, and it will work. Does it? Yeah. I think my mom put it in there like 
10 years ago, and I just haven't taken well, it out. Well, it probably needs to, yeah, you probably need to change it. Uh, that's probably a good idea. But Does it evaporate or something? No, I think it just it becomes just... saturated with odors, oh, and then it doesn't smells. have the ability to suck up the odors. Huh. Add that to my list. All right. There, next. Okay. Um, I need milk and baking soda. Milk and baking soda. Yeah. I need help and advice on what product I should use to clean what I was told was a composite sink. Unfortunately, this is it. In the kitchen, it stains terribly. I was told not to use an abrasive cleaner on it, but it's so dingy looking. I'm at a loss. I've tried Magic Eraser, Barkeeper's Friend, Foam Cleaner, and others, but no luck. Well, you went down the line. I mean, the thing is, Barkeeper's Friend is an abrasive cleaner. What I would try there, at this point, if it's so dingy and bad, use the Barkeeper's Friend along with um, a Scotch-Brite pad and work in small uh, circular motions Put it down there, scrub it, let it sit there for, you know, 10 minutes or so, and then scrub it again. That's as good as any stain is going to get if you do that. And even though it's composite, if it's stained, a lot of that stuff had a finish over the top of it. And if that's completely worn off, then the actual composite material is absorbing the stains. And unless you get into the nooks and crannies of that with a cleaner like that, it's not going to become clean. need to turn your microphone on oh there you oh, go. i had a really funny joke that i just said too and oh. i'm not gonna say missed it, it okay uh how do you get stains out of concrete i moved two planters and the concrete was stained underneath tried some household cleaners with no results any ideas yeah i mean you can try um you know there's some Rust and stain removers that actually Crud Cutter just came out with a professional line of their Crud Cutter line that is a little bit more aggressive, and they have a a calcium lime and rust remover under the Crud Cutter name. I would apply it full strength. It is. A, I just saw them at the Ace Convention. And I was talking to them for a while, uh, trying to understand the product mix. You know because. What I don't like is when companies come out and say, oh, this is the professional strength, and it's basically the same stuff with a different label, you know, and it's kind of in your head. And they assured me that, no, in fact, it's a different formulation, that it's a higher concentrate designed for more robust jobs and applications. So look for the Crud Cutter professional line of calcium rust and lime stain remover and use that full strength, scrub it, let it sit there, 10 minutes or so, that's the magic number, 10 minutes or so, and then um, scrub it again and then rinse it. And again, that's as good as it's going to get with concrete. Whenever you have long-term stains like that, you know, the concrete just absorbs, absorbs, and it gets down in there. And once it gets past that, you know, kind of that top quarter inch, it's embedded and virtually impossible to get rid of. That's our Just Text Me segment for this Saturday, 857-557-4LOO, 857-557. Five five seven four five six eight is the number. This is Randy calling in from Sharon, Wisconsin. Hi, Randy. You're on House Smarts Radio. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Lou. I have a question about sump pumps. Okay. I have two sump pumps in my house in the basement. One is a fit for the bathroom. I have those hush valves or silent uh, check valves. I have the pinhole uh, drilled into the pipe to relieve any pressure, but I still get that banging sound. From the sump pump, uh, you've got that uh, 
the hole in the bottom there, you said it's a pinhole. Is it at least like a quarter inch hole? Yeah, it, it, it's enough to relieve the pressure. Okay. You know, the water and, is sitting in the pipe. And how old is that check valve? Uh, well, there are two of them. One is a, a drain pit, and the other one is a bathroom. Uh, I would say they're probably 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, the first thing I would do is replace both of those check valves. The other thing that you can do is where you got the pit and you have the check valve, is it like chest high? No, it's uh, it's in the pit itself. Oh, the check valve is in the pit. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, it is on the one, the other, in the in the pit. That's for the uh, bathroom. No, it's not. It's above the, just right above the uh, pit. Okay. So one way to alleviate the um, banging is to raise where the check valve is. So you know the oh, idea okay. when you when you have that check valve so far so far down. When it shuts yeah. down, I got all that water above it that's slamming against it. Gotcha. And so one of the tips that I've you know given people over the years that has worked is depending on where the pipe comes up and then you know typically it comes up and then 90s you know goes off outside or down into the drain right. whatever. If you raise the position of that check valve, so if you're you know 6 inches so there's, bo- not, there's not that much water sitting in there banging it that it's a hydraulic thing. Correct, gotcha. and yeah. and then you've got that, that little. Then you got that. The, the one downside is you've got more water draining into the pit, right? Because that you got more pipe. But then maybe what right. you do to alleviate the, since you're going to mess with this a little bit, you raise the pump a little bit so the pit holds a little bit more water. But that's okay. Gotcha. You know what I mean? If you if you were to do what I just said and raise it up, and now that pipe were drained down, and you took two bricks side by side and raised it up just another three inches, you'd solve the problem. Right. Gotcha. Makes sense raising the uh, check valve too. Good. All right. Well, good luck with that project. I appreciate you calling this morning. It's nine forty-seven in the morning. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. And I'm from Munster, Indiana. And I'm a senior citizen, and here is my uh, dilemma. Um, I purchased a fireplace from Walmart, very cheap, very inexpensive, and it's like a dark cherry wood, and I would really like to liven up my living room to uh, paint it perhaps white or cream or whatever. But I'm afraid to because I'm afraid... Nothing will take it. Uh, it's very inexpensive. It has creases in it, you know, the lines. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah, I bought it for like $100. But when you when you say it's a fireplace, Sue, what do you mean? It's, a, it's electric. Oh, it's, it's electric. electric. Okay. And so the cabinet yeah, is made of some kind of wood? Yeah. It, it's just... Very cheap wood. It's nothing. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's do this. Um, if you were to take a little um, sanding sponge in a medium grit. Okay. Let me write this down. Sure. If you don't mind. No problem. Sanding sponge. sponge. Okay. Then I want you to lightly sand the entire surface of the 
fireplace or you know what anything that's wood and kind of cherry wood but i don't need you to sand it like you're sanding a you know like i want it to look like glass all i'm looking for is for you to kind of rough up the surface a little bit and then wipe Mm -hmm. it down with a rag and wipe down with a rag and then you're going to buy a quart of a paint and primer in one okay wait wait what's that now Paint and primer in one. Paint, primer in one. Okay. okay. There's a lot of different manufacturers of that. That's that's oh, a okay. that's a. That's Do you a, have any specific? So if you were to go uh, to if you were to go to an Ace, for instance, and buy their Clark and Kensington paint. Uh, what's the name of it? Clark and Kensington. Okay, Clark Kensington. Okay. In the color of your choice. Mm-hmm. and a brush and a roller, and that will prime and paint this little fireplace, and it'll you can do any color you want, and um, it'll look fabulous. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you do a good job painting, really? how are you at painting? Yes, yes. <laughs> are you any... I'm going to have somebody else do oh, it, all right, but I'm well, going to instruct them. You're going to get all the... Them. Yeah, right. So this is... A, I will it, give the it'll... instructions that you gave me, and... Boss them around. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I look forward to whoever that person is. I bet they can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to um, take this outside also because it's uh, not a large. Yeah, I mean, place. sure, that's fine. Or, you know, if you have a garage or something like that. The thing is with the paint, it's really, it's very low odor. So I, you know, the, the sanding may create a little bit of dust, but not much. So, sure, mm-hmm. if you want to do it outside, that's great. And it's the kind of thing that you can sand it, wipe it down, paint it. My guess is you may need two coats of paint, but uh, you might get away with one. You'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about uh, Clark Kensington in a can. We're talk- I mean, uh, we're talking about uh, in the can, not like you're, a sprayer. No, you're going to buy a quart of it. I think that that'll probably be a better... Do it. You'll get a better finish you i mean you could spray paint it but i think that if you this would be a better method to paint it with a brush and a roller brush and a roller okay do you have any suggestions uh ideas about what size of a roller a small one, i mean like what a, size a, of a paint um paintbrush uh, well i mean not seeing what for a cabinet it's probably going to be a two inch angled trim brush and the Roller will be probably like a four-inch roller with a, what they call a medium four-inch roller? roller with a medium nap roller pad. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I think uh, yeah, we're going to try that very soon, and then I will call back for uh, your professional ideas about um we have um water seepage in our basement got it i can't wait we will be standing by waiting for your call back okay Okay. we're gonna see how this fireplace turns out i'm very happy sure uh well and i i right i think that what you need what you need to do is make sure that the advice i give you works and then if you're happy with the fireplace then you're like okay well he knows what he's talking about now i'll ask him about my wet basement i get it i completely understand Thank you so much for the phone call. It's 9.56 in the morning. We'll take a quick break and be right back.